Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Bench Mob Podcast. We are back. We had a slew of NBA games that happened uh, with some implications on the playoffs, seeding, that AFC, ninth seed in the West. We're going to recap coming off with the games from Wednesday. Clippers-Nuggets game, 124-111 Clippers win. What's your uh, first thoughts on that game? Um, I mean, with that game, I don't know how many of the regulars were, were playing in that one. I know it's it's getting towards the playoffs, so some of these teams are resting, resting guys. So I know the, the Nuggets, they did that with, with some of their guys too. They, these teams don't really have anything to left to play for just to get some chemistry going and 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 working on different sets for the playoffs. So, I mean, this game didn't really mean that much to to anybody compared to some of the other games that that were played the other night. So, didn't really have much to say about that Clippers game. They won. They should win. They got the better team, even without some of their best guys, they still have the better team, so. Yeah, I think it was just good for them. Uh, Kawhi, Paul George played, get a little, get some reps in, you know, nothing too crazy. Um, everybody's resting their players, so. It was a little warm-up game, I guess, get them uh, ready for the playoffs. You got Indiana, Houston, also a Wednesday night game. Indiana won 108 to 104 to Houston. Takeaways from that game? Uh, Houston really needs Westbrook out there, and it shows. They they don't have that energy when he's not playing. Like Harden, he's good, but he needs somebody else there to to pick up the slack too. And losing to the Pacers with T.J. Warren, who's good, he's been playing well in the bubble, and then Oladipo, who's still knocking off the the rust. I don't know. Houston might have some issues in the playoffs in that first round series, especially with Westbrook about to miss a few games, they said, in that first round. So that was that was a test, I think, to see how they could stack up without him on the court and when they lost. So that kind of tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, I got some couple of takeaways from that. You mentioned TJ Warren. T.J. Warren didn't even play, so that's another concern right there. T.J. Warren, who has been right now their best player in the bubble thus far, he didn't play. Y'all still lose. Westbrook's impact. As a team, they only had 20 assists, which is low for them. Obviously, they have more when Westbrook is playing. Outside of Harden, nobody had more than three assists on their squad. Harden had nine assists. The next closest person – had three assists. He did the rebounding for them. He had 17 boards. Nobody had over seven. The last thing you got to look at with that, um, again, as mentioned before, <laughs> 15 for 57 from the three-point line. This is not going to win games. Like, when it boils down to it, if you're off like that, what else can y'all do? And as of right now, without Westbrook, it doesn't seem like there's any other options. You ain't got nobody outside of Harden penetrating and creating shots or just getting to the lane 
free throw attempts, things of that nature, outside of Harden. Eric Gordon still is injured, coming back, getting the rust off. So we'll, we're going to talk about that playoff matchup. It's going to be uh, interesting with Westbrook not being there. Next game we recapping is that Suns-Mav game. Suns finish off 8-0, beating the Mavs 128-102. Takeaways from that game? Well, Devin Booker was Devin Booker again. The Suns, they just played better than everybody in this this bubble. It, they Every game was a must win, and they didn't lose, so they treated it as such. But with a game like that, they had to come out and play hard and win that game, especially to put them in a position to be able to make the playoffs. They had to have some stuff happen, but they put themselves in a position that I don't think anybody thought that they'd be in come this time. Because they, if you look at it, they were like second to last in the, the bubble standings, basically, when this whole thing started. And to get all the way up to like basically a tie for that ninth position is that's pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah, uh, it's unfortunate. That's my only takeaway. They played probably some of the best ball out of all the teams in the bubble. And for them not to be get rewarded for that is tough. But like Monty Williams said, next season, what y'all do, make sure that you're able to control your own destiny. And I think next year you'll see them definitely being probably in that same position, eighth, ninth seed. And I think they'll be able to get in, especially with a Kelly Oubre too. So you add Kelly Oubre to the mix of what they've doing and that momentum, they definitely a top eight team, I think, in the West, up and coming, young team. Next game, we're going to talk about that Memphis Grizzlies game and Milwaukee Bucks. Obviously, it was a must-win for them. They won. They're going to be in that play-in game. I didn't care to see them. I'd rather would have saw Phoenix. But uh, 119-106 Memphis. Thoughts on how that game went? There's no Giannis. It's kind of self-explanatory. There's not many times that they're going to win without Giannis. Um, I mean, Middleton played, but you just see how big of an impact Giannis has on the floor because they got smoked by the Grizzlies. And as they should have, Grizzlies had a lot more riding on that game than the Bucks did. It was more about getting other people minutes for the Bucks. But the Grizzlies, they came out, you know, two guys had triple doubles. Dylan Brooks had over 30 last night. So if they can do that, bring that momentum, bring that same energy into that matchup with the, the Blazers, then maybe they can beat them. But just seeing where things are with the Blazers, I don't know how that, that'll work. But we'll talk about that in a sec. Yeah. Um, Giannis didn't play not by choice, just because he headbutted another player. So uh, he was suspended by the league. <laughs> yeah, sips tea. Um, Shout out to the Grizzlies for doing what they had to do to deal with the injuries and still be able to be in a position to get in there. Shout out to them for the 42. I know, like I saw John Morant throughout the whole bubble time so far, he's still been tweeting like he still believes. So shout out to them. I'm not interested in seeing them. I hope they don't get in because I don't want to watch that. I would have rather watched Lakers Blazers or Lakers Suns. 
True, true. But we could, we'll talk about that in a second. They didn't really show me much last night in that last game, the the Blazers, but we can talk about it. Yeah, speaking of Blazers, they pulled it out, 134-133. Um, Dame had 42, ends up averaging over the net. Last three games, 50-plus points. You had CJ with 25. Thoughts on how that game went? Um, I wouldn't be happy if I was the Blazers. I'd be happy because they made it by <laughs> by a hair, basically, because they had to struggle with a like half of the Brooklyn Nets team. Basically, they they let it get down to a last second shot from Karis LeVert, who he was balling. But, yeah, thirty-seven. But who else was given real? Buckets. They had Luau Cabarro, however you say his name. He was giving buckets to the, the Blazers. They just don't play defense. They gave up like 70 points in the first half. It was clearly if teams are scoring over 120, you're not really scoring. I mean, you're not really playing that good a defense. And then just relying on Dame to kind of pick up the slack. It. Hmm. It it didn't look good last night because Dame was doing his thing and they still weren't able to stretch the lead more than like eight points because they let the Nets come back. So we'll see. Hopefully this this gives them a little boost knowing that they don't have to fight for that, that spot. They're basically in, in a way. Now they just have to worry about this one playing game and winning that. But that would give me pause with the Blazers giving, having trouble with a, a Nets team that they're scrappy right now because they that's all they have is unknown scrappy dudes on this team besides like Levert and Jared Allen. But I don't know. Blazers need they need a a, a talk. They they need one of Melo's wine wine down Sunday <laughs> team meetings real real quick. Um, they allowed them to shoot 55% from the field, 42% from the three-point line. Um, I like seeing what I saw because if they're playing D like this against the Nets, it gives the Lakers more of a chance where it won't be a struggle. So I appreciate them playing like that. Um, shout out to Karis LeVert, had a huge game, 36-9-6. Um, Melo didn't hit double digits, which mm-hmm. I think, was a factor. CJ, which a lot of people I think are forgetting, is playing with a fractured back. Don't know how he's doing that, but he's playing with a uh, he's playing through an injury. So it's kind of tough. You gotta have I would think, like you said, being how serious and the magnitude of the game was to even get in, if y'all lose, y'all not in the playoffs at all. No. You would think they would lock in in 133 to the to the Nets that don't just have a boatload of scores is no Crawford, no Kyrie, no KD, no Michael Beasley, no Dinwiddie. That's terrible D. Terrible D. But they did what they had to do. They won. How do you see that playing game going? Does Memphis even have a shot of getting in? Because Memphis got to beat them twice. 
Um, they do have a shot. Memphis is – they've been scrappy all season. That's how they even got to this point. Like, the Blazers are good. They had injuries. That's why they're so low right now. But any team can be beat. Clearly, like, last night, they, they almost blew their playoff chances by losing to the Nets. So anybody can be beaten. You can't take any team lightly. So I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past the Grizzlies to turn it on. And you know, Ja he's he gives a different energy when he's rolling on all cylinders and he's he's scoring, he's dunking. When he's doing that, it's tough to really stop Memphis and seeing the Blazers play defense last night, it doesn't really give me any confidence in what they're going to do against the Grizzlies. I know you 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 feel confident in the, the Blazers, but I I don't know. They kind of they, they look they look shaky. I feel confident they'll be able to get in. They just got to win one time. I I can't see Memphis getting into that second game. Um Memphis beat, you feel me, the Bucks without Giannis. Chris Middleton didn't play big time minutes. So I get it. They won. It's a nice way to go into the playing game. But between Dane, you got the two bigs with Collins and Nurkic. Collins didn't play well last game against the Nets either. I can't see him having another game like that. I just think the Blazers have too much for the Grizzlies. Like, Let's say they win that one game. I still can't see them beating them twice, back to back. That's the thing where it's tough. It's not like, you know, Memphis got to win one, which is why it was so key for Portland to get that eighth seed. Because Portland, I don't think if they was in that ninth seed, they're beating Memphis twice. All you got to do is win one game. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be able to get that one game. If they don't win the first one, then that's where I think they'll be in trouble. They need to win that first one. Don't give Memphis – as you said, once John Morant is going, don't give that young team any confidence. Like, why? We beat them one time. Now they got confidence, and now y'all in trouble. You might see John Morant get a triple double with 30, 10, and 10. Then you got Dylan Brooks, who's playing good right now. Don't give them any hope, any confidence. That's my only thing with that. They can't do that. Um, but the playoffs pretty much isn't set except for that game. Um, you feel me? The playoffs is back. Yes, sir. The playoffs is back. The playoffs is back. The playoffs are back, man. Um, from how the playoffs is set up, the seating and whatnot, any of the first round matchups you're looking forward to? That Miami Pacers, for sure. I'm looking forward to that one. Probably either that one or OKC Houston. Eh, maybe OKC Houston. Never mind, because Westbrook's gonna miss a few games in that one. I'll say I'll say Clips Clips Mavs. I, I like that one. I think that one could be an interesting series with Luca doing his thing. Porzingis is hot right now, so. Those two could really give the Clippers some issues with the size and who's going to play defense on on Luca and the, the 
Mavs, they're not bad. They, they got a, a decent squad over there. And we're going to see because anything can happen. There's no home court advantage in the playoffs now. So any team can really take it and not really have to worry about that, that crowd factor. Yeah, the only one that you feel me, I'm really looking forward to, I think, is the OKC-Houston matchup. Um, honestly, I think the first round isn't going to be that, per se, exciting as maybe in other years. Like, the, the bottom half of the East is trash. We already know the Bucks. that series of cakewalk. The Raptors, that's a cakewalk. Now, in the West, ain't so much a cakewalk for the Lakers and Clippers who they got to play against. But I think it'll get more interesting, even more exciting once the uh, second round hit. But we're going to go down each of the seatings. We're going to choose our predictions, who we think is going to win, 4-1, 5, whatever the case may be. Um, Bucks Magic, what's your predictions, thoughts on that series? I think it'll be a sweep. I don't really – the Magic, they're not that good. So – and then they they got a couple injuries too, so that that affects them. But the Bucks with Giannis, who's clearly upset now. You know he's headbutting people, so I wouldn't want to mess with with that that guy. Um, they're gonna sweep him. I, that's what I'm saying. I'm predicting a sweep. I don't really, I don't see any. There might be a game or two here that might be a little close or competitive, but. They, the Bucks really should blow them out every game. I'm on board with you. Bucks, Magic, Cakewalk, 4-0. Magic don't get anywhere close to 10. Bucks is winning every game by 10 at least. Um, I Just because I like the game, I'm a student of it, I might watch a game or two, but I have no desire really to watch it. That's a, it's a blowout. Um, the Magic hobbled themselves into the playoffs. If the Wizards had – Bradley Bill, John Wall, Orlando would have been out. Wizards would have been in. Orlando didn't really have a great bubble startup themselves. So no indication that they even could win a game. Second seed, Raptors. Seventh seed, Brooklyn Nets. How you see that one panning out? I see it either 4-1 or 4-2. I think that the Nets, they're not that good either. But like we saw yesterday, they you fight. Really ride. Yeah, they're feisty. Like you could ride Karis, have other guys hit shots here and there, and just kind of play that underdog. Play with play with your head on fire, basically. Because if you play like that, then you're not really afraid of any team in front of you. And clearly they weren't afraid of Portland yesterday, who that was basically a playoff game for them, and they went toe-to-toe with with the, the Trailblazers full team when the Nets don't even have half their team in Orlando right now. He were their full team too. Um I see it being like four one. I think they'll be able to get one game out. They've beaten a couple of top tier teams being down here. They had a couple if it was like college basketball, they had a couple good games against some ranked teams. Like if we're talking like college basketball, they definitely yeah. won the rankings for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, if Crawford comes back too, I could see maybe they might be able to squeeze out a second game. But the way the Raptors play defense and individually and team defense with Pascal Siakam, Boucher, they got Kyle Lowry, they're champions. So I, 
I seen them doing 4-1. Simple as that. That Celtics 76ers series, that's a three versus the six. Honestly, without Ben Simmons um, and how they've been playing in the bubble, giving up the 50, 50 piece to TJ Warren, I see this being 4 1. I don't see Sixers doing and B, he's going to get his if he plays and if he's healthy. Celtics don't have an answer for MB, but I can't see them actually pulling out. More than a win, and that's being generous. I know people get swept just because they haven't beat though. I'd say they get one game, but especially there's no home court, not like that. Philly plays well at home. The fans, you know, and B feeds off of that. You got virtual fans, ain't that ain't happening? So that's how I see. It. They the Sixers really need Tobias Harris to step up. They need Josh Richardson to step up. All these other players that have to step up now that Ben Simmons is out because he's basically who controls the team in a way. And without him, I, I don't want to say they've like fallen apart, but now nobody really has any confidence in what they can do. And they're still a good team without Ben Simmons, but we'll see how good that is against the Celtics, who they're like a dark horse. They could really make a, a finals run this year if – everything's clicking like Jason Tatum's back to what he was doing before the, before the restart, you know, Jalen Brown is good too. I, I don't see them beating them in this, uh, a seven game series though. That's not, that's not happening. Sidebar. You mentioned Ben Simmons, right? With Ben Simmons being out and B being out here and there, do you think this is the opportunity when the off season comes that they got to break this two up or you give it one more run. Well, they should just fire the coach, who I think is the real issue. He doesn't know what he – I don't want to say he doesn't know what he's doing, but he doesn't know what he's doing for this team mm-hmm. right now because they're too – they have too much talent on this team to be a six seed, one, and two, to be struggling with different teams out here who – they should be beating. They should be beating Pacers and some of these other teams they've lost to. But I don't think you blow it up yet. I would give it like one more run with a new coach and then and then see what happens. But like Ben Simmons is a jump shot away from really turning it up. Embiid is probably the best center in the NBA when he's healthy. So I wouldn't really blow it up yet. That's that just comes down to getting a good coach in there because a coach really makes the team go. It's not you're not gonna be able to really play well if you have a coach kind of holding you back. Yeah, I say probably one more season. Um, maybe try something different with the offensive scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, and outside of obviously giving T.J. Warren the fifty piece, I don't think so much so defense has been a problem. Is more so how do you get these two great players to coincide with each other, with a Ben Simmons, a Joe Embiid, and then you got these nice pieces around them, which I think what you're seeing, as you mentioned, without Ben Simmons there, these nice pieces kind of don't really flourish. With a Ben Simmons there, making passes, getting people open shots, Tobias Harris, Josh Richardson, I think Ben Simmons is needed. I say give it one more season and then – 
you might have to blow this team up and figure out something different because it's too much talent to just be still doing the bare minimum. Y'all get into the playoffs. We Every year, y'all should get into the playoffs. Now it should be y'all getting into the conference finals and things of that nature on a consistent basis. Um, especially with these two players, with the injuries, you you got to take advantage of when they're healthy. You, you can never know. That 4-5 series, Miami and Indiana, we already saw a preview during um, – <laughs> During the bubble, they actually supposed to play today. I'm pretty sure they all not going to play their starters. They're going to put their bench in um, and give them starter minutes. How do you see this one playing out? This one is a tough one. I think I would give it to Miami because they, they're, they're healthy and they got all their guys for the most part. And if the Pacers had Sabonis – I might take the Pacers, but with the Heat, they just have too much. You got to deal with Bam, Jimmy, Tyler Hero now is giving good minutes. Um, Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson. They got a lot of guys on this team that can really give good minutes off the bench, and that's that's what you need on a, a good playoff team. So, yeah, I got Miami in six, maybe even seven. Who knows? That might be one of the – the few seven-game seasons, I mean, series that we have. Yeah, I see it going 4-3. Um, just how T.J. Warren is playing, just how you still got a professional, a superstar, and Victor Oladipo. I've seen him being able to get a couple games in there. They're going to fight. They still play D. They have a good system. Uh, Brogdon is getting the rust off, too. So you get Brogdon going a little bit. You get Oladipo, T.J. Warren. I think so. It'll be 4-3 to Miami. Um, I'm saying it now. Right now on the show, Miami is beating the Bucks in the next round. I'm saying it right now. Miami's going to beat the Bucks. This will be the first, like, seven-game series. We're going to transition to that Western Conference. For the first time in, I believe it is 22, 23 years, the Spurs are not in the playoffs. Before we go into the seating real quick, talk on – their longevity of Greg Popovich and the Spurs organization. That's just a team that was built the right way. They had a great coach who he didn't really need like a big three, even though he had it in a way. He had the superstar in Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, and then Manu, who they were stars in their own right, but not in a way that we look at it now with how the Warriors had it or the Heat had it. They were more so they, – they brought them up from, from the beginning. So I think that that's just – they're just one of those organizations that knows how to run a good team, you know, how to make players happy and, and keep people content because in order to do that, you, ha you have to be able to sacrifice. Some of these players have to sacrifice a little bit. Like they could easily go elsewhere and maybe make more money, have a better role. But why leave and leave the dynasty? That's the same thing with the Patriots. They've been good for so long that you just want to be a part of a, a winning culture. So they've had different players who might have been trouble 
elsewhere come to the, the, the Spurs and it works out. Like Steven Jackson came there, you know. I don't have it off the top of my head, but I know there's a few other players too that, that came along. You know, they had Kawhi for for a little bit and he really helped them and they helped him grow as a player too. So that's kind of, that's how it is. You you take chances with draft picks, hope they hit. That's where the scouting really comes into play. And they they definitely have one of the better coaching scouting departments in the NBA easily. You can draft Hall of Famers like Kawhi, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu and those last two, they weren't even like top ten picks. They were like late, yeah, late first round picks, basically. So that's where you gotta have people who know what they're doing, who know basketball, who know what it takes to build a, a team the right way and not just try to to plug stars here and there and, and think that's going to work. Cause I mean, it doesn't work in New York. So you might just have to take notes on how the Spurs do it. <laughs> yeah, man, you got shout out to Greg Popovich and the Spurs for even being in the conversation to get into the playoffs without having Aldridge, you have, you know, DeRozan playing better, Derek White, another draft pick you had when they even had Jonathan Simmons. He hasn't – he left San Antonio, and he hasn't had that same type of impact or success since leaving. Um, as you said, their scouting department and player development department is far, bar none, compared to a lot of other teams um, in the NBA. But starting off with the Lakers – against possibly Portland or the Grizzlies. Do either of them have a chance? Do you see either of them? How do you see that <laughs> series going down? I see it 4-1 if it's Grizzlies and then 4-2 if it's Portland. I don't I don't really see the Lakers. I think they'll turn it on once the playoff starts. That's how Brian always does it, but it's kind of giving you a little bit of, of pause because he hasn't really – you haven't seen him go off like that in the bubble yet. So he's not really going into the playoffs like on fire. He's going in, I guess, still trying to figure things out. But if he does and when he does, then this team is dangerous and AD. So I just don't think that – these two teams have enough to mess with the Lakers right now. Hurt or not, they still got Rondo coming back. Um, they don't have Avery Bradley, but they have other pieces like Caldwell Pope, Jr., Danny Green to pick up the slack. So, and if Kuz, Kuz is an X factor. If he can, if he could ever just piece together some consistency, then this team will really be dangerous because he. He's good. People hate on Kuz for for good reason. He does a lot of off the court stuff that is unnecessary, and sometimes on the court he he looks like he doesn't know what he has to do, and that's just natural playing with LeBron sometimes and having to switch roles. But mm. I think yeah, if they can get him going like he he was in that one game where he hit the the game winner, then. Yeah, this Lakers team is dangerous. They don't really I don't I don't see them losing in the first round. Like 
Charles Barkley wants to say, but yeah, it's not it's not happening. Um, Lakers and Lakers and five. Lakers Grizz sweet easy if they played them. Uh, sweet Portland. It just brings me caution and worry. It's not going to be an easy series. I think Lakers win, but let's say four two. It's, it's going to be some close games. Um, Dame's going to give them fits. Like you said, it's no Avery Bradley. Um, CJ could go off. Gary Trent Jr. could go off. Like the guard situation, that's where it could be a problem. I don't think they'll be able to pull out four games. Mm-hmm. I think also in the Lakers, what it'll help out, outside of Nurkic, outside of um, Collins, they don't really, you know, white side, they're not really that – they don't have the depth on that front court. I think this is a series where the Lakers could get going, get on a roll. They don't – Portland doesn't really play D. Danny Green hasn't really been shooting well. I think this is a series where you could see Danny Green lock in, start knocking down some threes. Um, we need him to play, lock up, you know, get back to playing good perimeter defense. Um, I can see Deion Waiters getting off, LeBron getting off outside of – and no disrespect to Melo, Melo can't really stop Braun. You feel me? So I think this will probably be the series. And after after you sit down, you feel me, Melo, who's coming in to even check Braun? Yeah. The Lakers are big. Um, Portland kind of plays small ball a little bit. At any point, you could have 6'8 Braun on the court, AD at 6'11", 7 feet. JaVale at seven feet, Danny Green, six five, six six, and have a Deion Wade at six four on the court, for example. They big. So I think this is a series where hopefully the Lakers get it, get it going. Um, either team, they'll beat them. It's just I think Portland will give a little bit more of a uh, fight. For uh, sure. That other series, you got the Clips and the Mavericks. Uh, Luka has been doing his thing. Porzingis has been on a roll, but I can't. How the Clips play D, Kawhi, Paul George, each taking chances, Gart and Luka, I say the Mavs squeeze out one game. It'll be exciting. The Mavs put up buckets. They put up points, one of the top teams in the league scoring and being efficient, getting as many possessions as possible. But beating Kawhi, you got Paul George. Trez hasn't even played yet. You got Lou Will still. He's going to average 20 this series off the bench. And then Pat Bev giving some of their guards problems. Mm-hmm. I say 4-1. I like them 4-2 clips. I think that the Mavs will give them a little more trouble because they do have a lot of stretch bigs on, on the Mavs. So that's a different look to go along with, with what Luca brings. But like you said, Clippers just have too much. You know, they got Pat Bev who, honestly, I would put him on Luca and see what he could do and just frustrate him. Cause that's either Pat Bev, I'm P Bev or Kawhi. One of those two needs to be on Luca cause he's, he's different. He's barely, he could barely drink putting up numbers like this. So. Honestly, I don't see the Mavs pushing it too far, but they'll make it a competitive series. It'll be fun. 
Yeah, I don't think it'll be any blowouts. In the, well, it might be just because the high scoring and then, you know, you sub out your players at the end. But I just don't see them just off of low management and whatnot. Say whatever you want about Kawhi. Kawhi play lockup. And you got three possible people that could disrupt Doncic, which is literally – that's the – he's the one that gets the engine running. If you could disrupt that, I think it makes it a little bit – of a struggle for them, which it'll be, because you got Kawhi, Paul George, or Pat Bev just to be a pest on Luka. Mm-hmm. That's that's what makes the clip scary, scary right there. They got four or five possible defenders to throw at you. Looking down the road, they play the Lakers, for example. That's multiple options to throw at LeBron, and we already saw what happened with Pat Bev getting the. That uh, last second stop, you know, he feeling good. Uh, and who is it? Montrez is back too, so that's another key piece coming back. Yeah, he'll get he'll get back in the rhythm this series for sure. Like I said, Mass put up points; they don't stop you from putting up points though. So it's like I score, you score. Let's take turns. Uh, you got the other series. The winner of this series will play the Clips. You got Denver. And you got the Jazz, 3-6 matchup. How you see that one going? I like the Nuggets. They're, they're too good to not be able to beat this Jazz team. Who They just haven't really shown me much to be confident in. Like the Nuggets, they got a, an extra boost with how good Mark, Michael Porter Jr. has been playing. Not to mention all those bench pieces that they have. If they can get Jamal Murray to play up to his contract, then maybe they'll be able to make some moves in this this playoff. But just having Jokic is big enough as it is because he just affects the game on all levels. Maybe not defensively, but offensively, rebounds, scoring, best passing big in the league. So, yeah, yeah I, I got Denver 4-2, four, 4-1 four, four, maybe. Yeah, I say 4-1. Um, I have no confidence in Utah. They've been up and down. Um, still trying to see if that Mike Conley trade actually is going to work out for them. Um, outside of Clarkson, who do they really have coming off the bench, giving them buckets? And Clarkson hasn't always been so far consistent. He might give you 31 one game and the next game eight. So yeah, it's not exactly. – it's not something reliable. I think I I choose Denver as the our dark horse, man. I feel with Michael Porter Jr., who now he's becoming, you know, that top two, top three option on a team over Murray, who has the contract. People kind of we haven't really even mentioned or talked or heard from Murray of having a impactful like, all right, this is if he plays like this, it'll take us to the next level. We've seen more out of Porter Jr. Uh, Bobo is a nice addition. I think even though we're not there yet, you know, when we get there, it'll be a nice discussion. Denver matches up kind of well with the Clips in regards yeah. to length, having a lot of different options. Like you said, their bench is real deep. Jokic, can't deny it. They run the offense through him. They run the offense through him. He's a huge piece for them, so I say Denver gonna win four one. I'm looking forward to them in that next series. They the dark horse, I think, that could uh, make some noise 
in the uh, playoffs. I had my dark horse being Houston, but with Russell being out, I don't even know if they get out of this round. You got OKC and Houston, that 4-5 seed. Westbrook, we already said, is going to be out for two games. I personally think it's going to be the whole series to have an injury that he has that affects his explosiveness. Uh, groin, was it groin, right? Groin. Quad. Quad, a quad injury. With his explosion, with his stop and go, that's something, you feel me? You A quad, that's real delicate for something that's so athletic and needs the lift. If he doesn't play, I say five games, four games maybe out of this series, they don't win. No, I think I'm going to take OKC in this series. I'm, I'm going to say 4-2. I just think with Chris Paul, that just that makes all the difference because he on any team turns them into a playoff team, even if they – like OKC wasn't expected to be this good this quickly, but you add the Chris Paul effect and it, it really changes things. So I don't know with, with Westbrook out for, they didn't even say how many games it could be two games. It could be like four games. You don't know. And if it's, if it's that, then I don't know if Houston has enough to match up with OKC and the IQ of Chris Paul, because that's basically what it comes down to. Who's who's going to make the better choices? And Harden in the playoffs hasn't really shown that he can he can always do that. He he, he does a lot of hero ball and ISO. So I got OKC in six. I see OKC being that, like I said, the type of injury it is. Wouldn't have had to win. He needs to play like at least like four out of seven games, but he's already not gonna play two. And then you know that first game back is gonna be a he's getting his rhythm back. He's getting back in the flow of things. So I don't see them winning. I say four one OKC. Uh, you got CP three, Shy Gilligas, and Alexander. You got Stephen Adams. You know Houston don't rebound. Stephen Adams is going to have a monster series just rebounding. He offensive rebounds. He's going probably, I'll say it now, average probably 14, 15 rebounds this series. Houston don't rebound. Like the last game, you got James Harden leading your team in rebounding. P.J. Tucker is not messing with Steven Adams. Um, <laughs> that's not happening. They have not, as of late, been making eight threes. Yeah. 14 for 57. That's not going to cut it. They're going to have to be shooting at least – I'll probably say like a 38 to 40% from their threes to make it a series, especially with Westbrook not being there. So I say 4-1. I don't see them doing anything. Another another year where you got to look at Harden is out of the playoffs. Yeah, it's unfortunate because I thought that they'd be a, a sleeper team in the playoffs to, to make a run. But if you don't have Westbrook, you don't really have a, a chance – for sure. And Eric Gordon still lingering injuries, coming back, getting the rust off. So I don't see it being a series. We were excited because we thought Westbrook was going to be there. So we'll see if Westbrook comes back. One of the teams that did not make it that everybody 
thought was going to make it, thought was going to make some noise, was the Pelicans. Zion came out, said that, you know, this season he's looking forward to doing whatever he needs to do to get ready, get his body right. Um, and reports came out saying that Lonzo seemed checked out. Do we keep this young band together? Is Lonzo on the move? Um, they're already talking about the team might not look the same. Obviously, Zion is staying. Um, do you think they move Lonzo? It's a possibility because he's not he's not consistent enough at this stage in his career, and you don't know if he's he's a good fit next to. I mean, with Zion with the lob, he's good, he's great, but. For for a point guard, you need him to be be able to score, shoot consistently. He's got the passing down. It's just his shot is not right. He fixed it, but it's still not hitting on a consist a consistent basis. Because he had some of the worst numbers in the bubble, and yeah, if there's reports coming out that he he seemed checked out, then. That's not good either because he put up bad stats and people felt like he wasn't fully invested in what was supposed to be a playoff run that everybody expected for them. So it, it, it could happen just because they do have Drew Holiday still and he's, he's a better option at point than, than Lonzo because he, he can at least shoot shoot pretty well and I just don't know who you'd give him to or trade him to to get like even value because he was the second pick in the draft and you don't want to give him up for like a second round pick but his value just is dropping the longer they wait yeah Thing I found interesting about all of that, Zion saying, you know, getting his body right. So then to me, it alludes to what everybody was saying. That he was his body wasn't right. He needed to lose some weight. Um, I think if he does so, it's gonna get even scarier next season. Um the fact that he owned up to it and admitted to it, you feel me? Like I gotta get my body right. Pause. I thought everything was straight. You feel me? But nah as we saw with restrictions on minutes and him not being there is, it's the same thing when we talked about with Embiid and Simmons and pieces like that, you need to be healthy. So if he gets his body right, lays off on the gumbo, I think he'll be a, he's going to be an all-star next year. Um, I'll say it. He'll get into the all-star game for sure. Lonzo, do they trade him? I don't what can you do though, because he's almost at that point where he, he needs an extension because Tatum's up for an extension. All these other people in his draft class are up for extensions. And has he done enough to show that he deserves what fifteen to twenty million dollars a season? I don't I don't really know about that. So I think he gets extended, maybe not with the Pelicans, but he's not gonna get the contract he wants. He's not he won't be one of the top paid, you know, players in that draft class that he was with. He, he can't look at Jason Tatum's contract and think he's going to get anywhere near the same. I think with the Pelicans, 
I don't know what it is. I feel like they missing something. Um, I can't put my finger on what it is because B.I.'s coming to his own being a scorer. Like we just mentioned, Zion getting his body right. It just feels like they're missing something to get them over that that hump. Um, maybe something else on the bench just in case a Zion is injured. Maybe another point guard that's going to actually do what they wanted Lonzo to do. Get somebody in the draft, who knows. But I just feel they still a couple pieces away from really consistently being that playoff conversation. For sure. Uh, but we have some games today on the schedule. We have the playing game on Saturday. We will see y'all next week. Uh, we'll probably have a guest on next week for y'all. Talk some more of what we see in the first round. Playoff start on Monday. And y'all need to stay safe. You already know the vibes. COVID is still going on. Rihanna Tiller, killers are still out. Um, please go out there and vote. Benjamin, we out. Peace.